the dumb are getting dumber, and I am the zaddiest zaddy who ever zaddied. This is You Killed It, <laughs> the podcast talking about the challenge. This is this is it. This is it. Uh, episode 267 of the You Killed It podcast, chatting about the season 39 challenge battle for a new champion no episode sheldon. seven no sheldon i i hate to correct you so publicly but we've been over this it's the challenge losers and these this cast like i'm so entertained by this season but this cast continues to underwhelm with their gameplay and we'll get to it when we get to it but there's a moment where they're talking about like who's the best connected person in the house and like and like who who's the right person to nominate? And I was like, guys, it doesn't matter. Like if there was a way that you could all lose, you would all lose. <laughs> like you are all so bad at this show. <laughs> like it is, it is strange, like the, very strange watching them try to strategize and, and play politics and try to explain the alliances. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like you've all made such a mess of this that there's, there's no point in trying to be strategic. Yeah. I agree. It's it's just such a weird flex that like I wonder what they're all thinking. I'm wondering what like yeah, it's just strange. And every episode I feel like it gets you're right, it gets worse and worse and I'm constantly thinking what are these people they really don't watch this show, right? Like they have no well, concept. But they of have. The they have. Like they refer to previous seasons. <laughs> um I yeah. I also have to um Sorry, give a shout out to one of our listeners, mm -hmm. uh, Scott Maze. I'm so sorry, Scott, if I mispronounced your last name. Says, is it possible this season you might have more LVP nominations than people who killed it? Every time I think someone has dug their own grave, someone else grabs the shovel. And he also says, has the hashtag "Season of Losers," which he's right, Scott. You're right, like. It, every every episode it just gets worse and like some people like to stretch scott's metaphor the shovel has been passed around to many people now like it's it's on its second lap like Corey, we can say it Corey gets the loser shovel again and starts digging himself deeper today <laughs> like it's it's crazy <laughs> do you know what the crazy part is for me too thinking about this season it's like i bet you there's so much more footage that makes them look even worse yeah this is definitely like the most kind edit <laughs> yeah 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 exactly right like i feel like the the way that this is being put together you can just tell there's so much more on the cutting room floor that the, the producers and editors are just like okay what do we keep in here how, how do we keep track to make these like some semblance of you know what's going on here because like even this episode and how it starts where callum's giving us the full breakdown of what's going on in the house, like relationship wise, you know, he's talking about the different couples in the house. And then there's like, I feel like MTV sometimes gets really clever with what they do, you know, with the innuendo and yeah. the confessionals and what's going on. But when they're showing my guy making out with Michelle in the pool and obviously they're, you know, canoodling and he's like, he's also simultaneously describing 
his relationship with her, how it affects the house, the fact that they're working on different sides of the house. And he says, quote, I've got my hands in a lot of different pies while it's showing him making out with Michelle. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> womp, womp. Like, what are, what are we doing here? No? No, it's a it's little a, heavy handed. It's a little on the nose. You know, like <laughs> the point, the point of a double entendre is that there's supposed to be some cleverness to it. Yeah. That was not it. that clever. Not at all. I also not gotta say, speaking speaking of um not that great, not that clever, we've got Horacio and Berna. Now I'm on the record as saying I really like Horacio. Like I like him as a person. I think he's gonna win this season. Like I think he's I think he's he brings a lot to the table. But he and Berna are basically talking about his lack of social game and how last season he just like let Olivia lead the charge on that. Yep. And that, you know, at this stage in the game, he still hasn't really like he's not really formally in an alliance. He's like always doesn't no, want to no one is right like, well they think they are what are the actual alliances like i can't keep track right like i don't know one week it's the international versus us and the next week it's the uk alliance then the next week it's like i can't keep up i really can't well i think it's really telling when berna of all people mm-hmm says in confessional that Horacio's social game is bad. Yeah. Like, you know the situations that dire where Bern is like, ooh, that guy's making a lot of people uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, it's so interesting. We're going we're gonna to talk more about Horacio uh, after the daily competition. But man, like, he, he is... It's interesting, like, I think his game is so bad that it's good in this instance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. It, he's sort of staying out of the fray because he's not trying to be in an alliance. Like I think it's actually kept him safe that he's not in like the mud with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I do find it super strange just because Horacio, we think of him as like such a good player. And yet it's just based off his one side of the game. Like he does have no social game. At all. And I would argue when you're watching him in Narice, he has no game, period, at all. Well, that's a story for another day. But also, I have a question. How often, like, is is it this season, am I just noticing it more, the amount of conversations taking place with people just laying on the bed and, like, someone's ass cheeks hanging out? Like, this is not a complaint by any stretch because shouts to Berna. But I feel like there's a lot of just like every week, like, is there no couches in this, in this house? You know what I mean? Is there no, like, you know, the backyard pool, like there's no like take our uh, seats out there. There's no kitchen table. I just feel like there's so many conversations week in week out with, I feel like before normally those conversations would be people flirting with each other. Maybe people post canoodling, you know what I mean? But like now it's just, oh yeah, two friends just hanging out, laying on the bed, ass cheeks hanging out. Hey, what's going on? All cheeked up on a Wednesday night, right? Like that's how the show works now. Mm -hmm. Do you think that uh, 
Horacio needs to worry about keeping his showman separate as Berna is kind of cautioning him. Sheldon, how dare you impugn the love that Norris and Horacio have for each other? It is not a showmance. It is the purest romance that we have ever seen on the challenge. Okay. This side of CT and DM. It's the wow. best. It is it is the real deal. My okay. my guy Horacio would not I mean I know you're joking when you call this showmance, but if there's one thing you can say about Horacio, he would not fake a relationship. Yeah, and that's exactly the issue that's going that's at hand here, right? Mm-hmm. Like he knows he knows Norris outside the house. He knows the deal, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. so on the show, he's trying to like be like, wait, what's going on here? Is this real? Probably not, because we're making a TV show. So how do I want to come off in this whole experiment, we'll say? The interesting part, clearly someone who's not worried about that, though, is Corey. Corey's mm-hmm. not worried about how he's going to come off at the end of this season. No. Because as you mentioned, he keeps continuing to bury himself. And DJ Mel and Corey are having a nice conversation. You know, Corey, DJ Mel is like reaching out to Corey because they just need numbers, obviously. But they view Corey as someone who should be on their side because his alliance isn't really messing with them. The problem is Corey doesn't realize that his alliance isn't messing with them. (laughs) So he thinks he's messing with Big T and, and DJ Mel. Which kind of fits into working the angles, which is the oh. name of the daily challenge, right? Nobody's working the angles. No, n- literally, no one in this house is is playing any kind of intelligent game. Um, working the angles, they have two pyramids naturally suspended above water. Mm-hmm. One pyramid is covered with, I guess you would call them tiles that have colors on them. The other is blank. Um, there's, I believe there's five teams of three and one team of four. What they have to do is, uh, they have to swing across to the blank pyramid and they have to replicate what is on the answer key period, uh, pyramid. So, you know, it's basically who's really good at climbing and who's really good at shouting and describing tiles. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's all about teamwork. It is. Seems pretty straightforward. Seems pretty straightforward, but as we've learned from season upon season upon season of the challenge, how well you work with the team is what matters the most. And first off, you have Olivia up there. Jay, I don't Jay is a rock climber. Jay's cool with all of this. But again, the most important part, teamwork. His partner Olivia is swinging across. And how did he not know that he has to like help her across? Like, is it just because he's so good at this? Like he's used to being on the rope set because he could make it across with no help. He expects everyone else to be able to do the same because he leaves Olivia hanging and she ends up having to swing all the way back and come back across. Jay, like what, what's going on with Jay here? I mean, I think that we can just have a blanket statement on everyone on the season at this point, mm-hmm. they're just simply not paying attention. Like I, I think any anything, any behavior where we're like, what are they doing? We can just like our base assumption to be that they're not very smart. They're not thinking this through. Mm-hmm. They're not paying attention. However, however you want to phrase it. 
Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Because even they mess up as well. Because Colleen is just describing the colors, whether it's right to left or left to right. Uh, Olivia is taking it the up opposite way, which messed them up and had them, you know, struggle in their pitch. Um, who else stuck out in terms of just doing like a weird job? I thought it was funny because they were, I'll say this overall, they're planting the seeds of Callum and Michelle splitting this whole episode. And I got to be honest, I was, I was still stunned at the end. Like I didn't see the ending coming at all, which like now going back and now talking about it, we're getting all these things. Like it started with Callum describing what's going on with all the couples in the house. Then we have the scene where Callum and Michelle are on the same team. And Michelle's talking about how great of a spot she's in because even if her team loses, or sorry, if her team wins, she feels like she can convince Callum and Zara whatever they need to be convinced of. Like she's very confident about her place in this house. And it's weird. Normally we I'm I'm right on that. And I'm like, oh, I see what you guys are doing here. Michelle and Callum are in trouble. And I didn't, I didn't, I I, I got got, which I rarely come on this pod and say that. Well, what I liked, what I appreciated about this episode was that everything that they showed us did lead to the conclusion. But to your point, it was still a surprise, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like it was like a good, like a good murder mystery, you know, mm. like it, it really yes. worked. Yes. Like all the clues were there. We had all the pieces that we needed, but it did like, it wasn't immediately apparent what was going on or, or what the conclusion of the episode would be. Um, I think the other thing when it comes to working the angles, the daily competition that we have to talk about is that, James had busted up his face, like wrecked his face on Challenge UK. So when it came to the team of four, which was (laughs) Nerese, Asaf, Mariah, and Ed, Mariah would not swing across, nor would she help call out the the tiles (laughs) because she remembers how badly James fucked up his face. And she doesn't want to ruin her $13,000 nose job, which she had previously gone since last season. Now, I will allow, Sheldon, I had noticed that she looked a little different mm-hmm. than last season. But I also love the mentality of being like, yeah, I'm going to go on this show that is primarily about, like, at its core, about falling from heights after yeah. I get a $13,000 nose job. So I was having this conversation with one of my coworkers who loves a challenge, uh, my guy C Brown. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I feel like I mentioned him uh, prior seasons of You Killed It Before because he'd recently gone all the way back to the beginning of the challenge and like just watched every season through. So in the middle of the summer, he'd come in and be like, yo, I'm on the season where this and this and this and this happened. And we were talking about it recently because I was trying to remember who it was. Remember there was a season where someone came on fresh after getting breast implants and was afraid oh. to swing across. <laughs> she was afraid she to up. swing across because when she fell, like they thought at first that the breast implant imploded. <laughs> Do you remember this? What was her name? Was it um, uh, Tanya? It was. It was. It was. Because at first I thought it was Siobhan. Right. And he and we were discussing it. He's like, no, no, no. I went back and watched. It was it was Tanya. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But uh, again, like, listen, that's an investment, you know, and you, you want to, <laughs> you want to win on your investment. You don't want to put all that money into it and then have it ruined and then have to go back and, and lose more money. Um, I do have to point out also, <laughs> uh, so big T is with Kylan and Horacio, which is probably ideal for her. Cause like the house is still getting for big T and, uh, Melissa mm-hmm. and <laughs> big T says, you know, she doesn't quite fully trust Horacio cause he did vote for her. Mm-hmm. And then she has my line of the episode. <laughs> he might not know this, but he's in my alliance. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So <laughs> Big T, I have such an interesting relationship with Big T because she provides one-liners like this sometimes, but then she also becomes like very annoying sometimes. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's kind of like it's very hit or miss. I don't really know which side I'm going to fall on it sometimes with, when it comes to Big T. Uh, but yeah, they did a great job, obviously. I mean, they're all good competitors, and Big T has done a good job. The more and more we've seen her on the challenge – be more comfortable with the different challenge competitions. Like I feel like early on, this might be something that she might've been afraid to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But she did a really good job. Uh, Then there was a Raven and Corey team, which I was kind of like a Raven, Corey and Berna and Berna's ass cheeks again, which she blamed on break dancing, which I was like, why is break dancing catching strays? Like just say you, you, you like, having your ass cheeks out why you got to blame break dancing for anyways um that team was interesting but i found it funny again because i didn't understand why michelle was helping them like i look at that team and i guess that like she's clearly trying to make up with Corey. i get that but in terms of Corey, raven and berna like that's part of their alliance too like it's just so weird to me what is going on on this show and i it made me question i'm like wait so who is the target i don't understand like who's rooting for who who they want to lose who is gonna like it wasn't that long ago that you had people sabotaging Uh, you know what the problem is michelle and i know you're her number one fan i am but michelle needs to be the main character okay. she is incapable of taking a back seat hmm. so even when it is against her best interest she is shouting she is contributing she is she's doing too much as hmm. as we often say she is consistently doing too much often to the detriment of her own game yeah this, this is another example like why why does she feel the need like put it this way like let's really think this through why does she feel the need to ingratiate herself with Corey, who's the low like the least important member of the american alliance like he is her eighth most important like political ally so like who cares Mm -hmm. right yeah also, though, I want people to start keeping track of how many times we hear, oh, people don't know, but outside of the house, we're really close. Oh, she says like, it all the time. How many people are really close outside the house, right? Jay and Michelle, Michelle and Corey, Jay and Asaf. Uh, then there's the Mariah and Raven. And then you yeah. have then you have the Mariah and Olivia, Olivia and Reese. 
Naris, Olivia, and Horacio, <laughs> right? Like all of these people are all so tight outside of the house, and yet they get in the house and they can't decide who they are more close with. It's it's very it's a great experiment. Also, a great experiment was the fact that Kylan, Horacio, and Big T win. And the part I don't get was again, how was it so difficult for these people to make a decision on who to pick? Because to me, you're going into the daily challenge already thinking, okay, if we win, this is who our side wants out. And there were no direct answers here. <laughs> I just didn't understand. Horacio and Kylan, who are supposed to be also pretty close, they can't decide on the same person, right? Big T obviously isn't on their side, or we don't think Big T is on their side of the house. So, But either way, Horacio and Kylan should be able to make this decision pretty easily. The house, supposedly, wanted it to be James or Callum. Easy mm. decision. But why isn't why are they unable to make said easy decision? Because they're idiots. <laughs> like it's really, really like even at one point, like this probably goes without saying for our you killed it listeners, but we're literally taking notes as we watch this. I could not follow their train of thought. Yeah, and it's been multiple weeks of this because so as mentioned, the house wants James or Callum, but then Big T says that she wants, no, who brought up Emmanuel? Was it Callum? No, was it Kylan, I think? Because uh, Yeah, no. it was right? Kylan. And then, so Horacio doesn't want Emmanuel because he's close with him, or I guess they have a relationship in the house. Big T is also doesn't want to put those people in. But then the other part is that Horacio doesn't want to say James because he's tight with Mariah, doesn't want to say Callum because he's tight with Michelle. And like, he's because the way that he phrased it was, well, both Callum and James both come with other people. So that's yeah. why he doesn't want to say their names. And instead of him taking control, he literally asked Big T, why are you asking Big T? Yeah. That makes no sense. Between him and him and Kylan, they should be able to figure this out. And yet he's upset because he keeps going back. Horacio keeps telling everyone after the fact, oh, well, you know, I was outvoted and I, I didn't feel comfortable saying Emmanuel's name, but that's a pick that we went with. What? <laughs> like, how does that make sense? right like none of this makes sense i was so confused so confused i i don't i don't understand well it gets more confusing so they pick a manuel and jay and michelle are immediately like oh that was the literal worst person to pick first of all jay the worst person to pick from your perspective would be yourself correct and probably the same for michelle callum would also apparently be probably a bad pick for michelle but like, Emmanuel's definitely the most disposable member of the house. Like, I'm not saying it's like flawless logic that they applied, mm -hmm. but like, it's pretty good logic. Yeah. Right. But like, Jay and Michelle are both like, "This is the worst decision they could have ever made." I'm like, mm, "No." Nah. And like, this is the point where I was like, "You know what? At this point, doesn't matter who you're picking. Like, they, none of the alliances matter." 
Yeah, I also think that Horacio, this was the first time I watched Horacio on this show and was kind of like, I don't know about this guy. Like, I mean, so. Sheldon, like, I'm so glad you said this. Because the conversation with him in, in Zaza, am I getting her? Zaza, Zara, what's her name? Zaza is her nickname. Zara is her government name. Okay, so I'm not wrong. Okay, I feel I feel a lot better because I just felt really bad. Like, oh no, did I mess up her name? But when they're having their conversation right by the pool, Horacio says he didn't feel like he had a voice. What do you mean you don't feel like you had a voice? You won with Big T, right? And your boy, Kylan. And if we go back, the whole deliberation began with him asking them what they thought. So you didn't give yourself a voice. It's no one else's fault but his own. There's also a point where Horacio said, well, you know, the obvious choices are James and Callum. Yes, they are. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> and so I have in my notes here, and I want to run this past you. Is it possible that Horacio is dumb? Like 5% dumb. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he's obviously like, he has a lot to offer. Well, listeners know, I like Horacio. Yeah. But between his social game or lack thereof, his like weird approach with Nerice. Nerice. Have, like, wait, did he, we realize that they haven't kissed? We That's didn't just... mention this, but like they haven't kissed. Hmm. Like, really? Like, I, I appreciate that like he doesn't want to, you know, embarrass his family, take things too fast, but like you can't you can't kiss Nerice. Yeah, Who you've known for years? I'm going to make a public service announcement here. There is nothing that would be embarrassing about kissing Narice on national television. I'm pretty sure that your family, like, I'm, and we're not talking about going any further, like, you know, no, having, no. giving the, the team or the, the crew, the production crew, the chance where they do the infrared camera at night and you're like rolling around bed. We're not talking about that. We're just talking no. about a little smoochy smooch, whether you're yeah. at the bar, whether like whatever. I feel like it's very safe for me to say that your family might applaud you for making out with Narice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I'm sorry. I, I but you know what I mean? Point. Like, is he is he a little stupid? I mean, what we're going to find out because the other part of this whole thing is he's taken as much as last season, if Olivia Hat was at the forefront, He's kind of taken the forefront here, and we're seeing his lack of gameplay and a lot less of Olivia we're seeing this season for sure. Um, then further to our point about the weird alliances, there's a conversation between like Callum, Jay, Emmanuel, and Berna, and Callum is telling them that they can't trust Nerese. Callum is not in their alliance, right? So why would he be able to tell Nerese for trust Nerese? Two, why is he telling Jay this? And Jay, at the end of this conversation, says, oh, okay, I've known her for years, but I, I thank Callum for bringing this up, so it's something I can keep my eye on. And I thought at first that he would be facetious about this, but he seemed to be serious. Like, I didn't understand this. He, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was serious about this. And like, so Callum's being super critical mm -hmm. 
of Horacio letting Nerese tell him what to do, which to be clear, Nerese did not tell Horacio to put up a manual. Like that's purely Horacio. Yeah. But what is the difference between Horacio's relationship with Nerese and Callum's relationship with Michelle beyond one of those couples actually kisses? <laughs> like, Callum, what are you talking about? How is that different than anyone else in the house? Like, not that they are romantically entwined, but like, how is that different than Melissa and Big T? Yeah. It's not. That's um, how alliances work. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Callum? <laughs> no, I totally, totally agree. And there's context I feel like we should add into Callum talking down on Horacio and, um, and Norris just like being brainwashed by someone. So Michelle said this on, on Twitter, okay? She says a few okay. things about this episode. She says, I found out that Callum had a girlfriend when y'all did episode one. I thought he had a fling at home, but asked him directly in the beginning, which he denied. Number two. Or maybe I'll save number two for when we get there, but it's about Devin and what happened there. Um, she says, the reason I'm bringing this up, though, which I'll read the rest of this because it's more context later on. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is because Mariah says, jumps in on this conversation, and she says, I wish they showed all the nice things that Callum did for you in the house. I think we were all shocked watching it back because the amount of things he did for you, they didn't show. At one point, we had six people in the room instead of just the four of us, meaning talking about Melissa or talking about Kylan, pardon me, right? So Michelle says, I didn't plan the date for him. I did it because he was picking flowers for me daily and making me coffee, pancakes, dinner, etc. And I was doing nothing for him. So Callum, now talking about Horacio, <laughs> really doesn't make much sense to me at all. Do you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. I don't know. I find it all strange, but let's let's keep it moving. I'm sorry I took us off on a tangent there. No, it's it's an important it's important context. So then we get to deliberation, nomination. Mm-hmm. And like basically everyone's like, so Corey. <laughs> What the hell? And he gets crazy defensive. And his solution is like, all this time, I've been working with Melissa and Big T, but actually I've been working against them. And I love Doris is like, if you're truly being a spy, then why have you given us no information? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like Corey, Corey might be the biggest LVP of all LVPs, right? Because even that conversation before the deliberation, and I know they cut it to make it look even worse, but when he's talking to Callum and Emmanuel about like, so what names are going around? <laughs> and they don't say anything to him. And he's just talking and talking, and then they keep having the cutaways. I'm just like, yo, this is in- actually incredible. So I thought that was hilarious. But the, the actual uh, deliberation as well is complete insanity. Because... All he's doing is admitting that he's using Melissa and Big T, and he's so matter of fact about it, as if this is some like big revelation that is like a huge impact on the house. But the reality is, like, what info did he bring his reliance? Is alliance, as you said, 
And also, where's it gotten Big T and Melissa? And also, where's it gotten him? Right? Like all of this work, it just makes you look so untrustworthy. On top of the fact that just a couple weeks ago, if you were really, you know, just using Big T and Melissa, then why a couple weeks ago did you throw in Asaf, your actual friend, and Mich who also was partners with Michelle, your actual friend? Like, none of this makes any sense. Like, one move doesn't lead to the other, which leads to the other. Like, he's just scrambling. And Michelle said on Twitter, too, that she gave him a heads up that the house was probably leaning that way. And that's why he tried to just come up with something to save himself. But like, that wasn't it, bro. <laughs> it really was not it. And like <laughs> Colleen also puts it well. And she said, can someone please stop Corey from saying one more word? Like, <laughs> he just keeps digging himself a hole. It's like he's someone, it's like he's pretending to be on the challenge. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, well, I'm supposed to have a big dramatic reveal. So I'm going to do a dramatic reveal, even though there's like no potency to it. Yeah, no, totally. And at first I was like, okay, this guy is just having terrible gameplay and this really makes no sense. And Big T and Melissa were really upset about it. And I was like, oh, why are they really that upset? And I forgot about the whole thing about when they had the party for big t's coming out party and all the nice things that Corey was saying to her and she's like well i have to question all of that now like was all of that genuine or was all of that gameplay and it's like oh shit like that that's horrible if you're Corey, right yeah, like that's, that's actually a terrible thing to do like you are a horrible human being whether you're being genuine or not the fact that you now put all of that into question like you're scum yeah, that's real life stuff that he was messing with. And like, I think something that maybe Corey hasn't picked up on is that people like Big T. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not in an alliance with her. They don't want to see her win, but like, people like Big T. Mm -hmm. So, especially outside, like, no one wants, no one's going to be like, oh, like, no one's going to sign off on him being shitty to her yeah. <laughs> right like she is a genuinely nice person yeah so it totally. just it makes him look so bad and like i said on a previous uh episode of you killed it where does he go from here like who's going to ally with him next season the season after that <laughs> right yeah. like he's just ruining as everything. producers you definitely bring him back because <laughs> he is just chaos oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, i didn't even do that on purpose but be saying chaos to say i didn't do that on purpose you know i would love to pat myself on the back for that segue but that was just total fluke well sheldon i'll pack you pat you on the back this brings us to the elimination where chaos himself arrives my guy Devin is back baby right away as soon as he walked on the screen i was just like ah, here we go you're like this is gonna be a long day in the office <laughs> My day just got worse because John's going to be insufferable. And listen, we don't necessarily see eye to eye on Devin. I get that. But you 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 gotta give this to me. He brought he had what could have been five or six lines of the episode. Like he brings yeah. he is so much better at this than anyone else on this season. Totally. And like 
I'm never going to put him on the level of, say, Jordan or CT. Don't get me wrong. Or, or, mm-hmm. or Bananas or West. He yeah. is certainly, I can admit, tier two. Mm-hmm. But the quality of immediate like observational skills, witty remarks, gameplay, like he, you've got to give me this. He is definitely on a different level than these losers. The reason why I like Devin is because he brings a different element to the game, right? It's, it shows that there are other ways that you can be successful. He gets to finals a lot, right? And he makes it far in the game because he's good at gameplay. He's good at strategy and he's good at the puzzle side of it, which is a big part of the game. It's not just about the CrossFit champs. And so I like that. Um, Sometimes I feel like he's this. I I think I like Devin when there's the bananas or someone else around to kind of keep him in check. I think with with me and Devin, it's like when he gets into a position where like he thinks he's the man. That's when it becomes like a little too funny, but he does a good top job of like playing the line of being tongue in cheek about calling himself the man. And then there's other times where it's just like, all right, we get it, Devin. You, you think you're really good. We get it. Um, I thought this was incredible though. Cause I thought it was really funny how he shows up. And I love the fact that if we remember it was all the rumors in prior seasons of Devin figuring out which thing to pull, Right. And then magically he comes on this episode and he's like, oh, what do you know? You know what? I'm just going to go with the one that's right in front of me <laughs> and pulls out one. And it's a chaos one of like, okay, producers, I'm pretty sure this is like a heavy handed way of y'all telling us that y'all told Devin which one to pull. Right. Like I'm not, that's not too far fetched. Right. It's, it's either that or he really is very observant and notice that one looked different, like that one handle looked different than the other. I think the other thing is, so he pulls the chaos mace. We didn't even know it was a mace, but he pulls the chaos mace mm-hmm. and it allows him to choose anyone in the house except for Kylan and Horacio as the people, who, as, as the men who'd won the daily challenge. And he immediately, just by looking at them lined up, figures out everyone's alliance everybody's like <laughs> like he oh, yeah. just like by observation picks apart this house better than people who've been living in this house for weeks yeah. understand the house and he says i think this is actually very fair of him who's been fucking with my girls <laughs> basically asking the women of the house who should i nominate who should i call down the only one who has any wits better is big t who's like Corey, yep which is like the right call for her and devin in confessional says i don't need to call down Corey. he's already been voted down here that says enough like this guy's not gonna win yeah, yeah. and then later mariah does the same thing where she says Corey. he's like no i don't need to do that and he's like who else and like none of them step up and and he actually says these contenders are morons i'm asking you to tell me who to pick exactly and all they do is mariah he says or sorry mariah on twitter said that she was rattled because she didn't want to give off that uh she was with james because she didn't want bananas because obviously Devin would go back and tell bananas and she didn't want bananas to find out before she had a chance to tell him 
So then she blatantly gives it away by saying, don't vote out this guy. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Right. And Michelle confirmed on Twitter because on the show, she says, don't pick him, but she points and we can't really like Callum's in that direction. But I didn't know if she was pointing past Jay to Callum or if she was pointing to Jay. I couldn't tell, but on. Yeah, I on, thought she was pointing at Jay. No, on Twitter, she said she was pointing at, at Callum. Uh, she says that uh, she says, I told Devin not to pick Callum. And there was a comment from Dev that wasn't shown. Don't know what that means, but she says uh, she asked Kyla not to choose Callum because she thought it was him or James. That would have been the main vote. Uh, and yeah, that's about it in terms of the Callum and, and uh, Devin ish. But I think why did he pick Callum. I think he picked Callum. There might have been some things that we didn't see, like little indications, you know, like maybe someone like flicked their eyes over to Callum or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think he made a comment about how some of the guys up there were looking too comfortable. Uh, okay. And I think Callum looked like carried himself in such a way where Devin was like, oh, I got to knock that guy down a peg. I do love how Devin said on the show, he's like, pretty sure Mariah's banging that giant guy. Yeah. <laughs> to I which Mar Mariah tweeted, oh, so you think he's giant? <laughs> this show is pure comedy. The show's wild. This is the craziest show on television. Like, and it's why I love it. So <laughs> the competition is totally mental. So mm -hmm. each competitor has 10 crates that you have to drag in front of 10 numbers. Then you have to count the number of items in each crate and draw on the chalkboard what they are, mm -hmm. like how many items there are, then put the crates in order from highest to lowest. Yeah. Devin immediately spills one of his crates. <laughs> Uh, uh, my question though is in this position, the other part we forgot to mention though, is how pissed Michelle is that Devin picked, uh, Callum. I can understand now that why she was so pissed because clearly she told him not to pick him, <laughs> but, but, but not clearly like that's not clear. Well, they didn't show it. They didn't show it. <laughs> she says that she did. They just didn't show it. And then Devin made a comment. But also my thing is, as Devin spills immediately, right? There's so many things in this challenge that I didn't understand how the group didn't realize. Why am I showing you which boxes? Like, I don't have to show you that. Why were they angling them in a way where you could see which box was which and what the numbers were? Because clearly they were just copying each other's numbers. Why did they do that? I don't understand. I'm very confused by that. Jordan would never. No, Jordan would not have. And, and I mean, Devin was the first one to start copying. Yeah. And then Callum started copying Devin's copying, right? But that was already <laughs> a huge advantage to Devin. And it took Michelle pointing out to Callum, like, he's copying your numbers. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's Mariah said that, but still. So someone brought up the fact, I forget who it was at the beginning of this in their confessional, they said, uh, yeah, this, I think Devin's good at puzzles and numbers and stuff, but at the end of the day, this is just counting right yeah. now. That's the part I didn't really understand. Why do I need the whole house up there 
to help me count. To me, that would just distract me. No, I, I think it, I think it did distract Callum. Yeah, like there's you're literally counting, and I sh- uh, some of the numbers got up like pretty high. But at the same time, like you should be able to count, bro. And like there was one point where he stopped and he looked up. He's like, "Wait, where was I? Where was it?" And they're like 72, 72. It's like what? Like it just didn't really make sense. Uh, they both had a chance where they they asked for checks. They were wrong. Devin figures it out first. It was kind of anticlimactic how it actually ended. But uh, yeah, Callum's going home. A very lackluster exit for Callum. Yeah. Right? Not, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't wholly understand how Devin won. Neither do I. Like, That's what I'm saying. The, the way that this played out, I couldn't really tell what happened. No. Which is odd. I think that's an odd flex, right? Like, like how beyond, long did this go on for? Beyond being better at counting, <laughs> maybe he wasn't distracted by other people. Mm-hmm. Well, after you get the check wrong, I guess you have some idea of, okay, which one did I actually count? Which one didn't I actually count? So mm-hmm. you can kind of go back and recount that. But even still, like I, I'm just really confused. I wouldn't copy anyone. I would just focus in on my own thing and just literally you have a chalkboard, meaning like you could just do dash, 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 mm-hmm. five, dash, 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 10. Like this, it, this shouldn't be that complicated. Like, so even if you lose your place, you still just have it right in front of you. I'm, I'm going to have a, another hot take on something that you could do. As you open the crates, just eyeball and like get them into approximately the right order. Oh, right. Because like there's one that was like bolts or something where there's only mm-hmm. like 24 or something. That's obviously yeah. fewer than like the 96 like little blocks. But you had to count them actually correct. Right. But you're saying just to get them in order first. Yeah. And go you can eyeball the order and I then you. then you just have to nail down the counting. So like that yeah. you're essentially saving a step or, or fine tuning it. Right. Like maybe you have to like switch two or that are side by side, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not, it's a big a deal. Um, I also, I'm going to point something out. Michelle's really upset that Callum's out of the house. Mm-hmm. Do you think Devin did her a favor unknowingly? Like in a lot of ways, Callum was holding her back. Uh, I think that, I mean, it's so tough to under to try to predict where this game is going. So I want to say that on one hand, it probably helped her having someone on the other side of the house that she could manipulate. Like I feel like that's probably a help. But on the flip side, like they have so many numbers that they probably don't even need that anyways, right? There's like if. Three people left in the UK alliance. (laughs) And like, it's not like they're like unaffected, like high caliber group of people. And it was also putting a target on her, right? It could be an easy out to just one of these weeks coming up, be like, can we really trust Michelle? Mm -hmm. Are we sure she's not giving information to the other side? Why are we keeping Callum around? You know, like, so I think you're right, actually. I think you're right. Yeah. I I feel good. Um, <laughs> I have to ask you, Sheldon, a tough question every week. Who killed it for you this week? Um, 
Well, it's it's Corey, as we mentioned, Corey's a definite LVP, right? Like that kind of goes without saying. This is the yeah. worst gameplay ever. Um, but I'm gonna say that the MVP of this episode was Devin. Yeah. Because he, he came in with like a, a high hit rate, you know. Like my guy was was flirting with 400 the way that he came in to the game and just kind of like just you know knocking steady singles around the park. Um he came in, was entertaining. He understood his role in terms of the stage of asking them, hey, who should I put in? He didn't just go cookie cutter with his pick. You know, he took out someone that I think helped the house in general or helped his friends, even if they don't realize it, right? He kind of did the dirty work for them because it's not like Michelle would have put in Callum and clearly Horacio and Kylan were afraid to put in Callum and James. So Devin kind of did that for them. So I give him credit for that. Yeah, I, I'm going to add one more thing because I, I obviously agree that Devin was the MVP of this episode, that he killed it this episode. He's the only one that won money. <laughs> yes, correct. He's He might be the only person that, as, along with Jordan, who leaves the show that has earned money this season. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. We shall definitely see. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and talking a lot of raps lately. We did a fun like watch party, which was which was pretty dope. It made me also think about like other things we could do, like challenge watch parties, which would be kind of fun too. I would love that. I'd be yeah. so into that. Yeah. So like it was, it was a lot of fun, you know? So we did that. Check that out. We're what's Canada hoops daily. I was trying to think if it's under my channel or what channel it's on. Sorry. There's too much going on these days, but yeah. Challenge watch parties. That's something people would be into. That'd be a lot of fun, I think. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. You can find me on threads at J Chidley Hill. Stop trying to make threads a thing. Oh, it's happening, baby. It's still growing. (laughs) It's fetch, okay? Get on the threads train while you still can, Sheldon. I don't want to leave you behind. Threads is fetch. I don't want to leave you behind. You mean too much to me. You can find me on, I suppose, other social media platforms, also under at Hill, but mainly threads. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You almost got me there. You killed it.